When you do what you love, like yoga, CrossFit, and lifting heavy things, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker records your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fitmess or visit the link on our website, thefitmess.com. This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... It's a myth that we only use 10% of our brain. I can guarantee you pretty much if it's alive and it's in your head, you're using it. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. You only actually use 10% of your brain. The right side of your brain is your emotional brain, while the left side of your brain is for rational thinking. You've probably heard those ideas repeated throughout your life. As it turns out, they're completely not true. That's according to our guest this week. We are so grateful to be joined by Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. Her first book, My Stroke of Insight, spent 63 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list in 2008. You may also recognize her from the first TED Talk that ever went viral on the internet, where she detailed her profound experience with her stroke. That TED Talk has now received over 27 million views. Today, Dr. Jill joins us to talk about her fascinating new book, Whole Brain Living, The Anatomy of Choice, and the four characters that drive our life. I love when we do an interview and it, and it sits in the bank for a few weeks and I come back to it to edit it a few weeks later and it just, it hits me right when I need it. It's the information that I'm needing to get over the hump that I'm in. And this episode is an example of that. The, these last few days I've really been struggling and, and it was just a couple of days ago I was editing this interview and listening back and hearing her talk about the four characters, these, these four parts of your brain that are constantly battling for control, really put into perspective a lot of the things that I've been struggling with. And, and she'll get into the details of that. But as it turns out, I'm not alone. Zach, you had this, a similar experience listening back to this one. Yeah, actually, it was very interesting. It reminded me of a couple of people that we talked to and that like every time we listen to them or read their books, it means something different to me at the time. So I remember doing the interview and being fascinated with her and, and her energy was great. But then when I went back and listened to it, I was in a completely different space and it just rang so much closer to home when mm -hmm. I listened to it again. I think I talked about it last week. I quit my job. I'm going to start a new job, but I'm just in this place where I'm in between. Mm -hmm. And the last six months of my job have been so toxic and like all of these things are ingrained in me from those six months that really had me at a very low point in my life in general. And, you know, just listening to her again, I was like, the gratitude I need to feel when I wake up every morning, like just waking up and being thankful for the fact that I got up this morning, regardless of anything else that happens in the day or what happened yesterday, at least I get to start another day. And it was just really interesting how listening to this interview again, brought me back there to that place of gratitude and realizing that all of the stuff that's happened in the last six months, it's temporary. All I have to do is make my life different and it's going to change. And all of that is going to go away. Well, and we were talking a bit before we started recording about just even the last week for you and the sort of perspective shift that you've had because of the things that you've been experiencing in the last few days. Yeah. 
we've had family in town that we haven't seen in 10, 15 years, all gathering together for my mother's memorial, which we lost her back in March, but because of COVID, we didn't do anything. So it's just been very interesting, even a week for me because I was wrapping up my old job. I get a little time in between, you know, the, the hangover of my job is still there. Plus my mother's memorial and all of this stuff. And it really, it, like I said, it just brought me back to this moment of, holy shit, just be thankful that you're waking up today. You have the opportunity today to make it a little better. And then tomorrow, should you wake up again, you can make it a little bit better. It just, all of these things came to a head in the last couple of weeks. So it's been a weird point in my life where I feel lower than I have in probably five years. See, so I, I wonder about that because I feel like I'm in a similar place as you because of this period of transition where, you know, I've left my job and I've moved. And so there's been a lot to look forward to and a lot to, to work on to get to this place. And yeah. now that I'm here, it's funny, I keep seeing this picture in my head because we kept talking about how, you know, this is taking a leap of faith. This is trusting that this decision that we're making is this huge thing. And part of me feels like, so part of this is we're selling our house in Seattle and that, that process is moving along, but it's not completed yet. And so I feel like I jumped off the diving board. I took the leap, but on the way down, I grabbed it and I'm still hanging on. And that hanging on is that I'm still attached to the house. Like literally today I could go, now nah, forget it. We're going back. You know, I, we still own that house, right? Like it, it's, yeah. we could go back. So part of me is like hanging on by fingertips to this diving board. I haven't fully let go because I still have this, this connection there. And so the four characters that, that we'll talk a little bit more about with, with Dr. Jill here in a minute, I'm, I'm having these battles in my brain between the ones that want to hang on to the past, that want to hang on to all the fight or flight and, and, and all the trauma and all the, the history. And the ones that are like, no, let's explore, let's get creative. And, and then the ones that are like, here's what we need to do to move forward. But the character too, as you'll learn more about, I'm learning is the powerhouse, is the one that really controls everything. And the other three characters have got to hit the gym and have got to get stronger to be able to battle and, and to knock my hand loose from that diving board that I'm still hanging on to so that right. I can just allow the fall to happen into whatever this experience is going to be. Right. We need to think about it differently. You need to think about jumping off a cliff mm -hmm. where you need to jump with right. full force right. in order to clear the rocks. Whereas the way you're doing it now, you hesitated at the end and now you're going to get to the water, but you're going to be all bloody when you get there because <laughs> you're going to bounce off the rocks. <laughs> so just think of that. Right. Cliff, not diving board. Cliff, not diving board. Every time you're like, huh, hesitation, just picture yourself rolling down a cliff face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. bloodied and beaten your whole brain will be demolished whole brain literally interesting you mentioned that because that yeah. is uh, part of the title of the book it is called whole brain living the anatomy of choice and the four characters that drive your life we had a chance to talk to dr jill bolte taylor about that book and about how we can use her strategies for better emotional intelligence and our conversation started with the story really that made her famous I had a brother who's, I still have a brother who's 18 months older than I am, who would be diagnosed with schizophrenia when he grew up. And he was only 18 months older than me. So he was my introduction to life in the world. And I noticed at a very young age that he and I would have the exact same experience, but walk away having completely different definitions about what just happened. 
So I became fascinated with body language, intonation of voice, facial language, just the whole human animal. And what am I and what is normal? Because it was clear something wasn't right here between the two of us. And so eventually I grew up to study the brain and I was teaching and performing research at Harvard Medical School. And I was serving on the board of directors for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, to help people like my brother. And my research in the lab was all about how does our brain create our perception of reality? Because what was anatomically different about my brother's brain in comparison to mine? So uh, I was living a very meaningful life. And then I woke up at the age of 37. And I had an, a major hemorrhage in the left half of my brain. And over the course of four hours, I watched my brain completely deteriorate in its ability to process all information. Eventually that afternoon, I could not walk, talk, read, write. I had no recollection of my life. And I essentially had become an infant in a woman's body. And it then took eight years for me to recover all those functions. And uh, then I wrote a book, My Stroke of Insight, A Brain Scientist's Personal Journey. And then I gave a TED Talk and, I, and that exploded me into the world. So Ted and I became famous together. And it, it's been a wild ride since then. And so that's, that's the history. That is quite the ride. I'm not sure. I hope you were wearing your seatbelt because that sounds bumpy. but. There's, there's all these things that we hear about the brain that, you know, may or may not be true. I feel like a lot of what we do hear about the brain is wrong. Like the thought that we only use 10% or whatever the percentage is. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Our brain works. I, I'm, yes. Thank you. First of all, yes. The, the, it's a myth that we only use 10% of our brain. The way neurons are, they live in network and they're very social creatures in that network. And when, when something happens like a trauma and they no longer are receiving stimulation, they tend to roll up in a little ball like we do when we have the flu and they either stay withdrawn or they die. So I can guarantee you pretty much if it's alive and it's in your head, you're using it. And when you consider that it's not a very big organ and it has the capacity through these tiny little cells to manifest our, our perception of being a real entity with a defined boundaries, with all these magnificent skill sets, and we think that we're real and that we exist. I mean, it's an amazing phenomenon. The other major myth is, well, there's several. One is that it's fully, you know, it's not going to grow anymore after your childhood first two or three years. That's not true. We know neuroplasticity is real. And even in this moment, as we hear new things and make new associations, we're making associations because neurons are making new synaptic connections up to a rate of 1.8 million new connections per second. I mean, they're very busy in there. And another major myth is that the right hemisphere is our emotional brain and our left brain is our thinking rational brain. That's just absolutely incorrect. So I love the way you describe the four characters and how they overlap the two hemispheres. Can you walk us through what those four characters are? Absolutely. So as you look at a brain, the, and I brought a model for you, so at least you can see it. When you look at the brain, clearly divides into two hemispheres that do communicate with one another. 
but we have limbic emotional tissue in the left hemisphere and we have thinking tissue in the left hemisphere and we have emotional tissue and thinking tissue both in the right hemisphere. And these are groups of cells, modules of cells that function as a subset of our brain. And so each of those thinking modules of cells and each of those emotional modules of cells, they perform very specific functions. And the right hemisphere is right here, right now. So it's going to be the emotion of the present moment and the thinking of the present moment. And the left hemisphere is a time machine, if you will. And it has an identity of me. Where do I begin and where do I end? How do I define the boundaries of Jill Bolte Taylor? What are the details of my life? And it's, it's, so that's my ego. So my ego has a time span. So the, it's thinking of the past and projection into the future and the emotions of the past and our projection into the future. So we have these four very specific modules of cells that actually result in four different subsets of, of skill set. And they all, they, each of them has a very specific character personality. Hearing you describe the four characters, reading about them, I spend way too much time with character two in my, oh. in my, on my journey to spend more time with character four. I want to let go of the past. I want to let go of the trauma, get out of the fight or flight. And I want to spend more time in, in that God universe place. I've been there a few times through breath work, through meditation. It is a, a beautiful place, a place that I fear if I were able to stay, I would. So how, how do we sort of balance these four characters in our relationship with them? And, and how do we know, I, I guess, when we're spending a little too much time in, in the God place and maybe a little too much time in the fight or fight, fight or flight place? You know, it's very, first of all, that's very uh, big of you to recognize that you spend too much time in your unhappy emotional past self. And you know that, and other people are probably aware of that. And we all have this part of ourselves. And the question is, how much time do we spend in each of these four characters? And the ultimate goal is whole brain living and finding the balance and the relationship between those characters. So as you move into your feeling, your character too, you're in your trauma from the past, the emotion of the past, the discontent, the, the I have an expectation and it's not being met. Uh, so I'm going to blame somebody or something, maybe even the self. There is a deep sense of gratitude. I think that the easiest way to access that character four, and you're absolutely right, you know, it's great to visit, but it is a completely non-functional part of who we are because it's just blissed out in euphoria. It doesn't <laughs> define the boundaries. There's no definition of me, the individual. And so if that's all I have, which is all that I did have after that major hemorrhage, it's fantastic to be there and to know who that is and that that's underlying all parts of me, but it is completely non-functional. So if, if you're going to be a living being, having the, the left brain character functional in the world, very important. And then the emotion of the present moment is experiential and playful and creative and interested and innovative. So so we have each of these, these parts. And if you want to hook 
look in to that character for always seek your gratitude because when we move into a sense of gratitude that oh my gosh i'm alive at all the difference between me having any thoughts or any emotions or any physiological responses is not being here and and being deceased i have a life and simply hooking into the idea that I can celebrate great and be grateful for those beautiful cells that, gi that give me sight or give me sound and the ability to communicate or hands and digits that allow me to manipulate the space around us and legs. I don't have to stand in the presence of you if you're bringing me an energy or, or something that I'm not comfortable in. I have legs. I can choose to walk away and walk away. We get to pick and choose. So try focusing on this awe and this amazement that we exist at all. And oh my gosh, we're alive. I mean, these are cells. How absurd that 50 trillion beautiful molecular geniuses got packed together and created you. I mean, we are this incredible, awe-inspiring miracle of life. And when you allow yourself to wake up in the morning and, and just lay there with your eyes closed and think, wow, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm not even sleeping anymore. I'm awake and I'm alive. And oh my gosh, wow, I, I, have, I have life. I, and I know I go on and on about that, but to me, it's clearly this amazing phenomenon and people kind of overlook how wondrous we are. And it's like, well, you know, look in the mirror and remember this miracle of what you are and, and build from the miracle. Don't look at the life outside and say, say, oh, that, that's that. It's like, it's not about that. It's about me. And, and in this moment, I can bring my curiosity and I can color outside of the lines because it doesn't care about the lines the left brain does and it's about innovation and well i can use this for that and it's like who cares what the rules are when it comes to you know a pencil it's a great back scratcher it might mark you up a little but it's a great back scratcher you know i mean just just the awareness got to go back to remembering the awe of that i exist at all and i can guarantee you if you wake up in the morning and you go to sleep at night and you curl your hands and you curl your toes and you think to yourself i'm alive what does that mean i'm alive and 50 trillion cells are making up my form somewhere in there should seep in a real sense of appreciation wow i i have to say that my day has been pretty bad almost all day and you've just completely turned it around for me like i i that was amazing like my entire mind just shifted into a new a new realm so first thank you for that i i really do appreciate that you deliver that with such passion i really like that i, I do want to ask though about those with mental health issues and how whole brain living can how we should be doing whole brain living with with mental health issues i run on really high on the anxiety side jeremy runs high on the depression side can you talk a little bit about you know depression and anxiety and whole brain living Absolutely. Well, first of all, anxiety is an easier one to address because it's actually the alarm, alarm, alert, alert of my past. And it's a group of cells, that little character two, the emotional limbic system cells of the past. And, and you're, you're bringing information in and you're, it's fueling into that group of cells 
And, and those group of cells are looking at your past and saying, is there any reason why I should feel danger? Is this, should I push it away? And it's looking moment by moment for any reason to push it away. And we have this amazing thinking ability. And the difference between human and other mammals is that we have this neocortex, this thinking tissue on both the right and the left. And so we have the ability to bring our mind into the present moment, look around and say, okay, in this moment, I am feeling anxiety, but I'm feeling anxiety, not because I'm in danger. I'm feeling anxiety because I'm running a group of cells on a loop and they're prepared, they're designed to save my life. But I keep rethinking a thought. If you examine and you reflect on what's at the core of that anxiety, there is a thought that is stimulating this emotional circuit. And then something gets dumped into your bloodstream, it floods through you, and it flushes out of you naturally in less than 90 seconds. But you're, if you keep rethinking the thoughts that keep moving you into that alarm, alarm, alert, alert, you keep running that circuit over and over again, and eventually you become drained and exhausted and depleted because you're not designed to be in alarm, alarm, alert, alert all the time. So then the question is, well, what are your choices? And your choices are going to be, I have these other parts of my brain. I have the ability to bring my mind into my work life. What do I need to do? Throw myself, distract myself, if you will, like we would a toddler who's, who's throwing some kind of a fit. Distract that toddler with something interesting. So go to work, do your to-do list, get some things done, or shift into those two characters in your right brain. Move into the emotional group of cells in the right brain, which is curious and interested and decide... You know, my trauma from the past, it is real. It will never go away. And my relationship with that trauma, that character profile, it is mine and it is always available. And I do have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to set this part aside just for a few moments and I'm going to go play and do something fun and interesting. And, and then I can always tap right back in there and say, okay, am I still feeling my unhappy or my anxiety? Oh yeah, and then you feel it root in her eyes again. And it's like, okay, good, glad it's available if I need it, but I don't need it right now. Go distract your something with something else. And we have all these beautiful cells and we do have these, each of these characters. And if you practice the characters and you recognize, yes, I'm in my one, I'm not feeling all of that anxiety, or yes, I'm, I'm playing basketball with my buddies and, and I'm not feeling in this instant, all that anxiety, recognize which of these parts of your brain, which character you're embodying and then create relationships between them and learn to, to, first of all, recognize they're all there, but also become then fluid in shifting in and out of them. Anxiety is not bad. Chronic anxiety is painful and it's a horrible experience. It feels horrible, but we don't have to run constantly on that anxiety. Now, depression is another issue because all, there's depression from all sorts of different reasons. 
Am I chronically depressed, which means that a group of cells in my brain actually have gone quiet and I, they need to be re-stimulated? That's one type. There's, I just lost someone I love and so I am grieving and so I am depressed and I, I you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just drained. I'm just down. I'm just, there's no joy. So there are different kinds of depression. And so depression may need to be treated with a medication, or you may be able to find that it's not a chronic depression and that you can find some relief by embodying the different characters inside of your brain. That was something I wanted to get a little deeper on is, you know, as someone who suffers with depression, there are times when I recognize I am depressed and, and I want to take control. I've, I've got a tool, toolbox full of things I can do that I, I know will make me feel better, but there, it's almost like this depre like the depression is a separate entity that says, ah, you're, you're not going to do that. You don't, you don't need, you want to feel this way. You don't want to go feel better. And it, it's, it almost feels like I'm being physically restrained from pursuing relief from that depression. So when you talk about making a choice to go to a, a different character yeah. in the brain, that I know right now, that sounds amazing. I know what yeah. I'm, you know, wanting to hide in the dark for three days. That's yeah. going to sound like an impossible task. Yes. I, I, you know, I get that. But what you just described was beautifully was a conversation between the different characters in your brain. The mm. character one is saying, look, I have a list of things right here that we can do in order to feel better. And that's your character one coming online and saying, I'm a fix-it machine, I'm here for you. But you're letting the character two dominate. And the character two is, is invested in its own disillusionment with life. It's invested in it. It, 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 it is humbled by it. It is lost in it. So just don't let it make the decision. Get up get in the shower, go for a walk, eat something healthy, prepare yourself, let your character one prep you for being a healthy one and a healthy three and a healthy four. Prep yourself, set yourself up for success. I mean, I, I live out on a boat. Here's a little example. I live on a boat out in the middle of nowhere. And so I have people bring me food. I have one person who brings me food, but she's on vacation. And so today I'm scrounging through the refrigerator going, <laughs> this is all I got, right? I'm going to have to get off my boat. And I didn't set myself up for success. So if I don't have enough food on this boat for today, I'm going to feel exactly like you feel in your character too. I'm going to lose my energy. I'm going to feel depressed. I'm going to not want to do anything. And I could have set myself up for success better. So, so remember you have all this brain. You have this big, beautiful brain. You have all of these characters. Let them have conversations with you. Just start with conversations. So if you're going to go and you're going to be depressed, chronically depressed, and you're going to hide in the dark for three days, okay, I think you might be chronic and you might need some medication might help with that level of extreme. That's extreme. And at some point, you're going to have to recognize you have other parts of you who 
do you want to be and who do you want to lead with? And that character too can scream louder than anyone. It can be more overwhelmingly embodying than anyone. And you need to know you have these other characters and somewhere in there, you need to set them up for success so that you can set yourself up for success. I love that. I think you just referenced it, but my, my next question was going to be around the brain huddle, what it is and what, can you, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Absolutely. So I have very strong character one who is my A-type personality. She goes to work. She gets it done. She gets me here on time. She's fantastic. You know, she keeps my life ordered. My character two is my unhappy self in relationship to my past. My past is not my present. My past, it is a consciousness that does not exist in reality. First of all, isn't that an interesting concept? Mm -hmm. All of our pain from the past doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's past. It's behind. So how much of my consciousness do I want to fuel into that character in order to let it take and steal my present away? Well, I'm not willing to do that very often. So I move into my character three, which is my emotional right here, right now, experiential, curious, innovative, playful self. She's also a young character. And then my character four is my biggest, the universe, no definition of where I begin and where I end at nature and in relationship with the awe of all that is. So I know these characters very well. And then that's my brain team. And I say periodically throughout the day, and I tend to do it 20 or 30 times a day because I want it to be very well practiced so that when I move into my little character too, they know how to come online and she knows how to let them in, right? Because when we get unhappy and we shift into our past, it's like all the energy in the brain is going to that one character. So I call it a brain huddle. It's the brain team. Teams have huddles. So I call it the brain huddle. And I say, okay, in this moment, let's have a huddle. And so what that means is I pause and I breathe. I bring my focus to my breath. It's the first thing we do when we're born. It's the last thing we're going to do when we die. I So it's like a train going along. And it's like, okay, I'm jumping on the train of the present moment, which is my breath. So I focus on my breath. I, I become present. I become aware. And I invite my other characters into this huddle. And so B stands for breath. It's B-R-A-I-N, brain, huddle for the acronym. B is breath. Go to the breath. Bring your mind to the present moment. R is recognize which of the four characters called the brain huddle. So if it's my little unhappy self, then that's my little character too is saying, I'm calling a huddle. I care about this. I want to get out of my pain of the past and I'm going to bring myself to the present moment. Will y'all come back into my consciousness so I can be aware? R is recognize who called the brain huddle and they all can call the brain huddle at any time. 
A is to appreciate that no matter who called the brain huddle, I have four of me in here and they're all online right now. Okay. I'm pausing. I got my gratitude. Can I feel my gratitude? Do I have any gratitude? Gratitude. Oh, yeah, I feel my gratitude. Okay. Playful. Can I move into my little playful self? I tend to start bouncing. The energy of our little character three is big and energetic. Pay attention to the vibration of the energy you're feeling feeling because it's like a train ride that you can jump on. So if you're in your little two, I know what two feels like. Two feels like Bummerville. I am not happy. I feel low. I feel slow. It's just like life's a bummer. What the hell are we doing here? But feel that energy level and make a decision. No, I know what it feels like to be like shooting baskets, shooting baskets, shooting baskets. I keep going to basketball because I'm from Indiana. I can't help myself. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're shooting baskets. And then, and then my one, my one is like, yeah, we're here. We're on it. We're doing something. So they're all in there. Recognize who calls it. A is appreciate. I got four and then inquire. Okay. We're all here. Which one would I like to have a taste of for the next moment? Who should I like to be in the next moment? Do I have to make a phone call and go be my character one? Or can I like go for a run around the boat and get a little energy in my body and be a character three? Or, or I can just daze out and shift into the, the, the breeze that lifts the leaves. I mean, I can become a character four. I can do all of it. They're all available. And then N is navigate moment by moment by moment because life is this continuum of moment by moment by moment. And that's the brain huddle. And, and what that does is it brings the whole brain online. It says, I've got all four of me now. Who am I going to listen to? Who am I going to give the microphone to? Who am I going to let dominate in the next moment? Now, if you're feeling like you want to go call and crawl in a cave for three days of darkness, it's like, I want to give my two. Now, I can say to you, at some point, you need to have a real heart to heart with your two. And you need to say to your two, two, I love you. Now, I don't mind if I'm miserable as long as I can appreciate the fact that I'm miserable and I'm capable of being miserable because I'm this magnificent collection of beautiful cells. But this is not living. And life is going by because I'm caught in my past pain and I would like to have some relationship with the present moment. I would like to help myself. And I have these other characters. So let's let character one make a phone call and make an appointment so that maybe I can either talk to someone or maybe I might try a, an uptake inhibitor, something. Am I willing? And if I'm not willing, then I really need to have that conversation every time I wake up because then I'm letting myself really crawl into a cave and die. That's powerful. I love your description uh, of, of what happened when you, when you had the stroke and sort of going to la-la land. I love when, when the woo-woo blends with science. That, that is my jam. I love that. I'm so interested in character four because I've tasted it. I've been there a little bit. And your description of it, it just, it sounds to me like, like what I imagine is the place we go when we die. I it's just so. sort of, sort of absorbing back into the universe. So is character four, it, it, I guess what I'm asking is, is God, is the, the universe, not, not in the physical universe, but the spiritual universe, is it a construct in our brain or are we able to, to sort of connect to it through our brain? 
Does I believe sense? I believe that the consciousness of the of the cosmos, call that God, call that I'll call that whatever your belief system matches. I believe that is the consciousness that think about this. When we are first conceived in our mother's womb, we are an egg cell. Dad's DNA comes in and we become a single zygote cell, the zygote. And the zygote then, it has an awareness. It has some kind of knowing, even if it's, you know, written up in the DNA, there is an energy, there is movement, and there is information. And that single cell is separate from the womb within which it is. And then that cell is going to multiply its DNA, repackage it, multiply the DNA, repackage it at a rate of up to 250,000 new duplication cells per second, not per minute, per second. It is, it is, it's on fire, right? So there's a consciousness, there's an energy that is directing this to be what it is. And I believe that that is the consciousness of the cosmos. I think it's the, the same as the universe. And so every cell of our body has an awareness within itself of what it's doing, its own world. I mean, these are worlds. And then in relationship to its external, whether it's a liver cell, packed up, cramped against a bunch of others, making a barrier for, for irrigation and, and filtration, or, or whether it's a visual in the brain, whatever it is, it's a beautiful cell in relationship to all these other cells. So I personally believe that the consciousness of that universe is in every cell of our being, and then that we have access to it as well with that thinking tissue in the right brain. Because the right brain, you have to have a group of cells in your left brain that define the boundaries of where you begin and where you end. So I know that this is my face, but I know that these glasses are not my glasses because the holographic image in my left hemisphere that defines the boundaries of me doesn't have those glasses on them, even though I wear them all day long. So I know that I am me because of a small group of cells in my left hemisphere. Take those away and you are big as the universe. You're an energy form that is in this cellular dense structure within which life is my life. And But there's no boundaries for energetically. So I can take my energy and I can go wherever you are in the world. And if you open your heart and you open your consciousness to the possibility of bringing that vibration into you and letting that in fuel inside of you, then, then we merge. I mean, this is what we're doing as living beings. But because we have that group of cells, we think we're separate from one another and, and you know, that's that's our perceived reality even though it's not the reality in the universe so that's a big answer to your question but that's what i believe that's that's a great answer your energy and passion are inspiring and amazing and i cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk about this this has been a ton of fun yeah thank you jeremy and zach it's so good to look at you you're such a cute <laughs> <laughs> That was Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, her new book, Whole Brain Living, The Anatomy of Choice and the Four Characters That Drive Our Life. I love the picture that she has now put in my head of these four characters, these four 
sort of personalities of the brain. Uh, and as I mentioned, going into it and and in the interview, the character too seems to to be driving the bus. And it reminds me a lot of our conversation with Dr. Mark Brackett when we talked about name it to tame it, right? Mm-hmm. Once you can put a label on something, you can start to get a better handle on how it works. And yep. I have this picture in my head of character two is just, he's been hitting the gym since he was four, right? Like he he <laughs> knows his way around. He can lift anything that's heavy, can do anything, but he's the, the one that holds me back from being curious, being creative, being happy, fun, exploring, driven. Yeah, he's really strong, but the only tool he has is a hammer, so he sees everything as a nail. And just smashes it. Yeah, all of yeah. it. Like, oh, you want to do it? Nope. Smash. Oh, you want to explore it? Nope. Oh, you want to be happy? Nope. It yeah. just, and, and all the others, the other three characters are like, oh yeah, all right, he's the strongest, so I guess we'll just do what he says. And so it's been really interesting to have these conversations with myself and it hasn't worked yet. It's a muscle that I'm still developing, but being able to think of it that way and when I can feel character two in charge and wanting to be depressed and wanting to be angry and, and pissed off all day and all that, I can visualize this conversation like she suggests and think about it in terms of saying, thank you for what you're trying to warn me uh, away from, what you're trying to steer me away from, whatever. Don't need it right now. We're trying to do something good. And it's helping a little, it, but it's new. It's like you at doing your, your squats at CrossFit. It's the <laughs> PVC pipe right now. Where I'm like, oh, this is too much. I can't do it. But yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep implementing this into my daily routine and hope that I can get the other three characters a little stronger and start to fight back a little bit more. Yeah. And that's what I need to do too. And that's what I was referring to at the beginning around gratitude and just having that ability to make my life better. And that's flexing those other muscles, the other three pieces, because I've been in such funk for six months because of again various things. It's time for me to turn that around and mm-hmm. start bringing the other parts of my brain to the gym. Yeah, been lacking there a little. Yeah. Uh, I also love the point that she made about how pain from the past doesn't exist anymore, how it's, it's just sort of this concept that we hang on to. And for me, that is character two. He's been hanging on to that because he's been driving the bus for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so whenever things do trigger me, it is just this, oh, this is the water slide all the way down. Like we, we yep. know the fast track to the bottom of this one. And so yep. it's just a really interesting concept to think about all of those things that connect the dots and create that pain and, and make me relive that difficulty. They don't really exist. It's just this yeah. artificial concept that has guided far too much of my life. Yeah. It's your memory of it. Yeah. Interesting stuff. It is. That's a little too deep for me right now. <laughs> hanging out in the shallow end of the pool today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the whole myth about the 10% of your brain. I was like, I'd be lucky if I used half a percent today. Like, <laughs> just taking it easy across the board. Again, I mentioned we had family, we had a whole bunch of things gone and all the family left. And today is the first day of normal and I'm just wiped out. Yeah. Like just, I haven't been sleeping and just the emotional toil of everything that ended in the last two weeks. Yeah. Is just, I'm like, I I just feel like laying down and sleeping for two days, but we both know that'll only last for about four hours and then I'll figure out something else to do. But all of that pain that I experienced over the last six months, it's over. Like the pain's not there anymore. And all I can do now is just get better. That is weird when there is something heavy like that hanging over your head for that long. And then when it is suddenly over, it can be jarring to be in that space of in between. 
mm-hmm. and because of all the uncertainty that's ahead and all the pain and, and struggle you've been hanging on to. And when you're just floating in between, that's a weird place to be. It is. But you know what? I'm going to fill it with M&Ms and a <laughs> not, few M&Ms. Not potato chips at 10 a.m. this time? No. We were in New York City the other day and we went to the M&M store. Oh, there you go. They have all these weird, not weird, but they have different flavors uh-huh. and you can build your own bag. So we may have built a really big bag. Are you going to pair any of those M&Ms with an athletic brewing beer? I did last night. Did you? And I will tell you, I had to eat the M&Ms. I needed to clean the palate first. Sure. Then I had the athletic beer. That would be a weird. That would chocolate be a weird. and beer, not my favorite, but it, it definitely followed after the M&Ms. Something that has been helping me avoid traps like that, like your M&M and beer combo is, uh, and admittedly, these guys are a sponsor of the show, but Inside Tracker is a really cool tool that I've been uh, using for the last few weeks. As Zach mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's a system that really helps you track the choices you're making and, and the things you're doing to improve your performance, stay healthy, whatever it is that you're working on. And the thing I love about it, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the show, is how customized it really is. It isn't just a, here's a generic 10-page plan on how to improve your life. They literally come to your house, take your blood, and report back specific things you can do to improve your health. And I've been implementing every week. I add one or two different things. I've turned into you, Zach. I'm taking a fistful of supplements every day. Ha <laughs> yes. Because of the recommendations. Perfect. I'm getting out. I'm moving a lot more because of the recommendations. I'm tracking and, and working on sleeping better. And all these things are making me feel better. And I'm seeing improvement on the scale. There's a lot of things that are going well for me because of these steps that I'm taking. And it is because of using Inside Tracker. It's just, I love how customized it is, how personal it is, and how it really does. It turns you into the, a biohacker. It helps you really track what you're doing and improve on it to accomplish your wellness goals. So like Zach mentioned, there is a, a promo code you can use right now. Go to uh, insidetracker.com slash fitmess or hit the link on our website, thefitmess.com and get 25% off and start trying it yourself because uh, I'm loving it so far and I'm really looking forward to how these changes that I'm making now over the last few weeks, how much farther they're going to go over the next several months. And so with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. You can find out more about her on our website in the show notes at thefitmess.com. And while you're there, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast player you're using and sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update about the show. But that's it for now. We will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode at thefitmess.com. Hey, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.